0: Right now, every household in the country is being asked to fill out the U.S. Census. It's the form that helps us determine how voting districts are redrawn, where to build public schools and hospitals, how to spend federal money. So why are some people afraid to fill it out? We're getting into all that this week on NPR's Code Switch podcast. From NPR Music, this is Alt Latino. I'm Felix Contreras. Just about every facet of daily life here in the U.S. has come to an almost complete stop. The anxiety of the unknown is often soothed by the arts. Many of us have turned to reading, whether it be novels, nonfiction, or poetry. There are lots of people streaming films and television series, and of course, music, which for so many has been a constant and important companion during this incredible time and place that we find ourselves in. This week, we want to turn your attention to some of the people behind the music, Along with so many other people, artists of all disciplines have seen their sources of income dry up in this crisis. The music business has relied on public performances as the major source of revenue since the late 1990s, and as the threat of the virus began to sink in across the country, major festivals and performance spaces began to cancel their events and sometimes entire seasons. Indie musicians have a particular place in the music landscape because if you think about it, we see more of them then we see our favorite big-name performers. We see them in bars and nightclubs, neighborhood cultural festivals, even the mariachi at your favorite neighborhood hangout. They all depend on reliable gigs to help them pay the rent and feed their families. Over 90% of the artists we have featured on Alt Latino over the last 10 years qualify as indie artists. They are defined mostly by releasing their work through small labels or self-released albums, which leads us to this week's program. I have called on three artists who we have covered in some way here on Alt Latino to give us a peek into something very personal that we normally don't see, the economics of being a working indie musician, and in particular, how this work stoppage is affecting their art and their lives.
1: Hi, my name's Enrique Chi. I'm the band leader for... Uh, a group
2: called Making Movies.
0: We have followed the trajectory of Making Movies ever since their first full-length album, and they were in fact going to be one of the acts on our Alt-Latino South by Southwest showcase that was scheduled for two weeks ago in Austin. 2019 was a high watermark for the band with Grammy and Latin Grammy nominations for a dream come true collaboration with their musical hero Ruben Blades. The four members of the Kansas City bass band never forget where they come from, and they all do a little bit of extra work outside of running a band.
1: So I'm a bilingual songwriter. And throughout this journey, I have started to dedicate a lot of time into creating a youth songwriter program through a foundation that our band launched so part of my life i do wear an educator hat as we develop what we're describing as the rebel song academy so a way for for kids to kind of tap into the power of
3: songwriting my name is david garza i'm a rock and
0: roller it takes a special kind of talent to be as creative as David Garza in a variety of genres. Besides being a gifted singer-songwriter, he's also an in-demand sideman, most notably with Gabby Moreno. And lately, he has been offering his considerable musical expertise as an A-list record producer.
3: I uh, sing as well. I've been doing my music since the late 80s. And uh, I'm not involved in any official musical educational capacity but other than teaching drunk people at bars to dance i guess
4: hello my name is rocio Maron.
0: you've probably heard her a million times without even realizing it Rocio Marron has logged many years in television orchestras for live shows like the Grammys and the Oscars. She's also a constant presence in the recording studios of Southern California, all while guiding younger musicians into the magic of making music.
4: I specialize in violin and viola, I would say. That's how I make most of my living. But I also am a singer-songwriter, and I teach music lessons here at my home studio, and I teach a mariachi class at Cal Lutheran University in Thousand Oaks.
0: What follows is a conversation I had this week with the three musicians about the impact of the virus on their livelihood as well as their personal lives. This is the first of a series of conversations that we'll be having as this crisis continues. The idea is simple. I wanna put faces, names, and real life stories behind the headlines of how the music industry will take an economic hit during this unprecedented experience. The first thing I asked them as we assembled on a Zoom video call session was where they were in their respective careers as things ground to a halt.
3: Uh, What I was doing before was, uh, you know, after so many years of performing live, I've gained this trust of other musicians to produce their records. When the virus hit, actually, I was just finishing up the Ozo Motley record that I was producing out at Sonic Ranch in El Paso. We were just finishing up the Fiona Apple record that I just produced as well. I I also do film soundtracks, so I had just finished a, a soundtrack for a film in, in Austin. So I guess my career in the last few years has shifted a little bit more to, I guess, maybe like a, a, th- a third live music, a third producing and co writing and like a third doing soundtracks. So whereas before in the old days, I would, you know, tour and play, play hundreds of times a year, it's turned into more like once or twice a year in the major markets.
0: Rocio,
4: I would say, you know, I'm I'm a resourceful kind of jack of all trades, <laughs> trying to make a living like everybody else. Um, I have many sources of income, Um, one is of course teaching. I would say that's probably about a third of my income, and I'm a freelance violinist, so I've been doing some studio work. Last year I played on some movie soundtracks and TV shows like Frozen and Frozen 2 and Us, and as part of the orchestra, so I do a lot of session work. I do TV shows, I play on The Voice, regularly when they have they go to their live shows so that's kind of like twice a year. I performed at Coachella last year so my work is just you know the work comes up a week or two in advance sometimes a few days so but it's pretty regular and I can usually count on these gigs coming in. Like last year I played on the Grammys and
0: and how long have you been uh, working like that?
4: Um it's been years. I I've been doing the TV shows probably I would say about eight or nine years. I've been teaching for like 20, almost 20 years. And when artists come into town, they'll hire string sections. So I'll play it at venues like the Hollywood Bowl or the Staples Center as part of the string section. So it's just, I mean, I've been doing this for well over 15 years.
1: Enrique? So we just realized that making movies is about to turn 11, April 5th, and the reason why I find that interesting is that that means we've we were completing like a decade of service because it feels like a, some sort of rite of passage having played gigs with these these gentlemen for a decade now and and it started really organic uh, we just wanted to be on tour so if if with a gig made enough money to put a hot dog and some beer in our in our bellies and get to the next place that was enough and over the course of our journey we we actually figured out how to play and, and how to make records. And, and this year was entering like that. I, I don't know if a breakthrough moment is the right thing because it, it's, it's been so slow, like the, it's been so incremental. It doesn't really feel like that. But because of our collaborations with, with Ruben Blades and having made three records produced by Steve Berlin of Los Lobos and starting to get some international attention, uh, a song we made with Ruben, Note Calles, was uh, nominated for a Latin Grammy and featured uh, at the actual telecast. It was a moment where we were starting to get those real festival offers and an international touring was opening up, is opening up, but it just came to a freeze. It, we, we were working in the studio because um, we wanted to, to put together a new album very quickly and release it in May before our tour. And then we knew we, we were headed down to South by Southwest. And that's when we got the news. We were in the studio that South by Southwest had canceled. We would have been playing your event as well as uh, opening up for Jose Feliciano and then flying to Panama to play with Los Lobos in Panama and uh, and it would have opened up just a, a year of craziness. So I it was it was a little gut-wrenching to be like, oh my God, the the decade of work, the culmination where you start to see it come back come back to you, you know, and it's like, wow, we've earned uh, our place in, in this bigger conversation. And so my my life was moving very, very quickly in that direction. And then the educational stuff has always served like about a third of, of, of my time. We, we've been doing the Rebel Song Academy for, for two years, and, and it happens from September to December. And the kids go through this, this 12-week program, and at the end of the program, uh, we have a resident producer. David, we should talk about, about flying you into Kansas City to do it. One of these, yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve Berlin did it for the first two years. Uh, super fun. So these, these kids, uh, they have to make their own individual songs, but then they have to work collaboratively on a song. And, and at the end of the process experience what it's like to, to record it. And I the first year I was very involved, the second year I'm starting little by little to wean off and and create a curriculum so it can be replicated and, and live outside of our band specifically. But the beauty I guess of having started doing that work, which I imagine you're probably grateful David to have started the production work and, and Rocio to, to have all the different pieces of your life moving is that it gives me something different to focus on since that other life came to a crashing halt. Like all of a sudden it's like, when are we going to finish the record? How do we get into the same room? Like, I mean, there's some stuff I can do at home, but that came to a halt. Now my life has had to pivot and, and I'm given the opportunity to focus on, on this other component for the next few months.
0: Enrique, you, you segued nicely into uh, my next question for each of you is how did the lockdown affect your career and where you were at the time. Rocio?
4: Um, Well, everything has come to a halt. As Enrique was saying, I mean, there obviously there aren't any gigs. So I haven't had probably, it's been maybe three weeks and I mean, nobody's working. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I've done, I mean, luckily I've been able to do a few online sessions here at my house. I'm recording some, some albums for people and, I'm teaching, but I I did lose about a I'd say close to half of my students um, just opted to wait, and obviously everybody's having financial issues, so people can't afford the luxuries of lessons like they used to. So a lot of families are opting to wait. Luckily, some students were willing to try online lessons, so I'm doing some online lessons, but. You know, I, I just think I i feel for a lot of my musician friends that have lost like everything. I mean, this this has hit us. It's been extremely difficult financially for us. But at the same time, I know I'm going to be okay because my husband is still working, thankfully, and he has health care. So, you know, we're just kind of eating beans and rice for a while and <laughs> cutting back on a lot of things and just you know I I feel like you know we'll be okay but we're we're struggling but we'll be okay but you know I have a lot of friends that are out of work completely and they don't even know how they're going to pay their bills in April because they were full-time freelance musicians and all of a sudden they have absolutely no source of income from one day to the very next day everything canceled you know and I've had some gigs canceled but you know, I, I figure we'll we'll just write it out and I'm gonna count my blessings and just be grateful that we're I, I feel like we're gonna make it through this time. You know, my mom lives across the street, so <laughs> if we need to, we'll move in with her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and you have uh you mentioned the husband, you have a, a young daughter as well
4: she's um, doing online school right now. My husband already works from home, which is great because he's a software engineer. So he's like, nothing has changed for him. He's still working in his pajamas at home. (laughs) (laughs) I, I feel like it's been really emotionally taxing and difficult, you know, like the first week when I started teaching my students online, I felt like I was overcome with like, like grief every time I would finish a lesson because it was just so mind blowing how the world could change in such a drastic way that, you know, I can't even have my students come to my house anymore. And so, you know, it's just been a big change, everything going to the grocery store and seeing the fear in people's eyes and they're wearing masks and gloves. And I I just think to myself, this is so mind blowing that, that we've come to this point in, you know I'm living through something that's so substantial in history.
0: Rocio are you a member of the musicians union? Yes. I guess they can't create gigs if there are no gigs.
4: No everybody's out of work. All we can do right now is they're sending us information on how to file for unemployment so everybody's scrambling trying to files i'm trying to finish my application and we'll see i mean i'm not sure because i i do teach a little bit but we'll see if i can qualify for something that will help us out
0: you're listening to alt latino we're having a conversation about the impact of the coronavirus on the lives of working musicians david how did the virus stop everything for you you mentioned a little bit of it in your introduction i I live in downtown
3: los angeles which is um, a walking community in general anyway so i i haven't my wife and I have not owned a car for two years, basically, which is a blessing. Money-wise, that's a big help to not have to pay for parking, not to pay for gas, and all that stuff. So, but in terms of like the day-to-day kind of energy, like Rocio was saying, to try to be more concerned and less afraid. You know, another thing is that I'm not a part of a band. I've always been a solo artist. So I've, throughout these years, you know, I also do a lot of visual art and painting and drawing, and I, you know, make books and do album work as well. So that's always been something that's kind of been on the, on, on the periphery of what I do anyway. One of the ways that, that I've kind of shifted, you know, when, once the kind of axe fell, it was really interesting. Just the network of fans throughout all these years just kind of started trickling in without me even asking. Suddenly I had a lot of people going to my bandcamp page and people ordering paintings online and ordering my books. That was really heartening, you know, because you know it's it's like I said, over 30 years of me as you know, using my first and last name, you know, selling this thing that is myself in a weird way, and with, without without having to kind of plead, you know, online, people naturally have kind of come around since the since the whole you know about three weeks ago, which is just beautiful, you know, it's it's beautiful. There's a, a fan base and, and a, a real friend base, family base. It's decades of doing this has really the true colors have come through
0: so yeah that was another question i had for for each of you is whether or not uh there was an uptick in sales either on Bandcamp or streaming or anything like that for your recordings that you're on enrique
1: yeah there's there's definitely been an, an uptick i think that for musicians a small but obviously very important to me part of society where we serve a role that I, that i feel is important this is a moment to kind of recalibrate a few things i I feel that like for making movies this is the reality and and for a lot of my peers even up to the ones that are quite successful touring is 80 to 90 percent of the revenue recordings or other licensing or other kind of like income streams are are this small chunk for their their band or their artistry and especially if you have the infrastructure of a of a band and all the logistics and the team that has to support an artist touring 150 dates a year, you, you realize that you end up having to make the music on the side of the revenue generating things. We, we can't ever stop the touring machine. We make records in between shows. And I think this situation where everybody's had to stop and has to pivot and either ask of their fans or, or the, just the conversation is going, hey, we have to support these artists in this moment. It can maybe recalibrate that for folks and maybe create a few different paradigms where artists can slow down and say, Hey, I'm going to make a record. And and the reality is that this takes three months. That means that, that four human beings have to be able to sustain for three months. Society cares about this. And I think it's a moment to remind them that like, then we have to create an, an economy that, that allows for that, for folks to stop touring for a moment and make, and make music.
0: You are listening to Alt Latino. I'm Felix Contreras. We're taking a deeper dive into the financial impact of the coronavirus on the music industry by talking to three musicians who we've featured over the years here on Alt Latino. There has been a lot to take in so far, so let's take a quick breather with some music. This is from an HBO documentary called Running with Beto. The original soundtrack music was composed and performed by one of our guests this week, David Garza. This is called block walking. That was the music of David Garza. You're listening to Alt Latino. Next up, violinist Rocio Marron talks about one of the unexpected pleasures of being locked down.
4: Well, I just have to say that, you know, I've really I found that like everybody's taking to social media and spending a lot more time on on their phones reading. And I really enjoyed discovering talents that a lot of my friends have that I never knew they had because I'm obviously spending a lot more time on social media and I'm like, wow, this person sings really well I didn't know they could do that or you know because everybody's kind of putting their talents out there you know they've got nothing but time and you know the violinist that all of a sudden is playing piano and singing and I'm to myself I'm thinking wow I never knew that they could do that these people that I've known for years and years and years and they're just sharing so many beautiful sides of themselves that I've never seen before and I, I really have enjoyed the way people are putting themselves out there, that kind of playing for change uh, videos that people are making where they're everybody's recording. That's one of the things that I look forward to the most on a daily basis is just seeing who's putting what, who's putting this live stream out. Before, I always found myself too busy to watch those. I had way too many things going on. And it has been pretty refreshing to be able to sit there and enjoy these videos and enjoy the the love and all the talent that people are putting out there into the universe is really, has been something that has come out of this has been really enjoyable.
3: I've thought a lot about plants and how plants grow. Maybe it's because I'm surrounded by my plants more than I used to be. There are cactus that you don't water once a month. Then there's the plants that you just water every Monday or the ones that every day or the ones that you spray. And I've been really trying to be more attuned in this time where, where we have more time than we usually do. I feel that taking this time and, and letting things simmer and letting things gestate is a, is a, an unexpected blessing that's happened to me in terms of my artistry and my artistic growth. To play music is amazing. To, to share music online is incredible, but also just to play it for the, the muse alone and have what I call these concerts for the muse of these 20, 30 minutes where if I'm alone, I just play and I don't record it and I don't record myself doing it and I offer it up to the muse and or 20 minutes of, of free writing or 20 minutes of reading in a language that I'm not familiar with. That discipline has opened up more creative moments for me in the last week or two than before because I have this extra little bit of time. I wanted to say something
1: tied to what David was saying. That that's, what I was, that's what I was speaking to with the idea of... of um... Artists being able to stop, you know, like the, the things that you're discovering um, now we're, we're forced to find an infrastructure that allows for that not out of our control. Um, and perhaps we could uh, create in the future systems that allow for that intentionally where there's where there's a, you know, and that this that society would realize we actually all win because you're going to make more beautiful music having gotten to explore those parts of yourself without the incessant demands of being a public person on tour you know, um, that, that maybe we we're going to end up with, with better music if we recalibrate. And that used to exist, I think, for artists, right? Pink Floyd, I I, I spent hours on rock docs right now. Like I'm like a YouTube, (laughs) I'm a, I'm a YouTube researcher part-time right now, I think. Uh, and, and it seems like, like there was a little bit more built in time for that. Um, In the the previous days, perhaps even just because of recording technology was so slow moving, you had to slow down to make a record because it was tape machines and engineers and really mechanical things happening, not not iPhones and laptops
0: and whatever. Okay, before we end the show, let's hear some more music. This is Enrique Chi and making movies interpreting a classic by Los Tigres del Norte. It's called De Paisano a Paisano and it features David Hidalgo from Los Lobos.
2: En su loca carrera Envuelto en mi bandera Que me lleven allá Que me canten el himno De mi patria diez meses O me muero dos veces Si me entierran acá Y de paisano a paisano De hermano al hermano Sano by sano, el hermano ad hermano, este hombre llora. Como duele mi patria, quando llora mi raza llanto international.
0: You each very naturally brought us to a point where I had hoped to end this, this segment of the show on a positive note and you know some of the silver linings that are coming out of this uh, situation we find ourselves in. Again, I'd like to check in with you guys. Um, I'm thinking maybe three weeks, every three weeks, it would be a good time to see what's changed, what hasn't changed. you know, uh, And also to check in, if you don't mind, check in emotionally, see how we're doing. I know I have rough moments uh, moments of anxiety uh but then you know usually if i just bury myself at work or, or read or go down and play congas for a while you know that just sort of clears everything out so I'd like to check in on that as well i want to thank all three of you guys for uh, your time and your thoughts and, and sharing some stuff with us um for this this special edition the special series on all latino thank you all very very much
3: Thanks brother. You're
0: welcome. Do you have any questions for Rocio Marron, David Garza or Enrique Chi? Send them to us via social media on Facebook and Twitter. We are NPR's Alt Latino. As always, thank you so much for listening to Alt Latino from NPR Music. I'm Felix Contreras, Please be safe out there, Hyundai.